On behalf of the Assembly, it is my pleasure to welcome all that are here tonight. Trust that God will bless you as you listen to the message of the Gospel. I want to read to please, first of all, in Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53, please, in verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, and thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. One other reading, please, in Jeremiah, the next book, Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 19, the Lord is speaking. But I said, how shall I put thee among the children? Give thee a pleasant land a goodly heritage of the host of nations. And I said, Thou shalt call me my father, and shalt not turn away from me. That's all. I want to read, do we trust that God will bless the reading of his word? <clears throat> Just now my mind's going back <clears throat> over 50 years till when I was a boy in the primary school in Kilkeel. In those days, at the beginning of every day, there was an assembly taken by the principal of the school, helped by the vice-principal, and all the children were gathered in the assembly hall for, I suppose, what you would call a religious service. We sang hymns. There is a green hill far away, without a city wall where our dear Lord was crucified. He died to save us all. Immortal, invisible, God only wise, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Grand hymns. Most of them are in our gospel hymn book. Then the principal would read a portion from the word of God. That was grand. Then it would come to the stage and they'd say, now we'll all say the Lord's Prayer. And we said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our trespasses, and we also forgive them that trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. That wasn't so grand. For the reality is, there likely wasn't one person in that assembly hall that cruelly could call God their father. The principal himself, his two fingers on his right hand, were stained brown with cigarette smoke. His office that we stayed out of, for health reasons as well as every other reason, was a constant haze of smoke. And he said every day we were there, our Father was hard in heaven. I'm here tonight, tonight, dear soul, to remind you 
that if you're here in this meeting in your sins, God is not your father. If Christ is not your Savior, God is not your Father. For you were born in sin. You were born an enemy of God. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death is passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And you're included in that all. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, he brought down the human family totally, completely, so that all of us, as being from Adam, are born away from God. The Bible tells us our iniquities have separated between us and our God, and our sin has hid his face from us that he will not hear. It tells us that they that are in the flesh, they cannot please God. And so you and I, in our natural birth, are enemies of God. We're away from God. We're out on the mountains, wild and bare. We're away from the tender shepherd's care. And as the apostle told the Ephesians, he said at that time, ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Solemn, if God is not your father. See, dear soul, if you're not saved, God is not your father. And if God is not your father, you cannot be in God's heaven. Your natural birth brought you into a home in this world. You have parents, most of us likely with parents that are saved, that prayed for us, that cried for us, that longed for the day of our salvation. But dear soul to be in heaven, you need to be born into God's family. You need to be able to say with all truth and in all assurance, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. John tells us about those that are saved. He says, Now are we the sons of God. You see, dear soul, sometimes when people think about salvation, they think about salvation from hell. That's good. That's what I wanted the morning I got saved. I dreaded my sins. I knew they were going to bring me down to the wrath of God forever. I knew that's what I deserved for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to make it clear tonight. There's far more to salvation than salvation from hell. It's God's desire to bring you into his family. There's a lovely hymn in this book that says, What is the foulest thing on earth? Bethink thee now and tell, It is a soul by sin defiled. It's only fit for hell. It is the awesome earthly den where evil spirits dwell. But what's the purest thing on earth? Come tell me if you know, Is that same soul by Jesus cleansed, Washed whiter far than snow? There's not more pure above the sky. There's not as pure below. But the last verse says, Thou Lamb of God, Thy wondrous grace, This great redemption wrought, Not only snatched from yawning hell, But to God's bosom brought, And raised the ruined wrecks of sin, Above created thought. Dear soul, that's what salvation would do for you. You think you have a happy life the way you are? You're miserable in your sins. You know so much of the word of God that you cannot enjoy your sin. 
You know so much of what your sin is going to bring you into. You understand that because of what you are and what you have done, you're going to be in hell. And you cannot bow your knee and say to God, our Father. And remember the people when the Lord Jesus was here. Oh, they said, Abraham's our father. He says, no, he says, Abraham's not your father. He says, you are of your father, the devil. I have to remind you, dear soul, if God's not your father, you are of the fa- your father, the devil. You're held in his bondage. You're led captive by him at his will. He's blinded you so far. He has deluded you so long. He has kept you in your sins. Not mind if you come to gospel meetings. Not mind as long as you don't get saved. As long as you don't think about salvation. As long as you don't think about being in heaven. He said, the God of this age, who hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the image, who is the image of God, should shine in unto them. His purpose is to land you in hell. He knows he's going to be there. And his purpose is that you'll be there. I read a passage, maybe not so often read in a gospel meeting, Jeremiah chapter 3, in verse 19. I know I'm taking the verse out of his context. Read the first chapters of the book of Jeremiah and listen, listen to the weeping of the prophet about Israel that turned their back upon God, but God asked the question, how shall I put thee among the children? Ever think about that, dear soul? How shall I? There's a number of lessons I can learn from this statement. Well, first of all, as I've already, already told you, you naturally are not in God's family. The other solemn consideration we need to Think about is that we can't put ourselves in God's family. God says in this verse, how shall I put thee among the children? So salvation is not something that I can accomplish in my own power. You remember when the Lord Jesus was talking to that man Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus said, How can a man enter into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The salvation that you need is not man-manufactured. It's not trying or doing one's best. It's not being religious. It's not being honest. It's not being upright. It's not being a good neighbor. God says, how shall I put thee in? I want to tell you, dear soul, if you are ever in God's family, God will put you into it. How shall I put thee into? How shall I put thee among the children and give thee the pleasant land? I see an order in this verse. Before I can be in the pleasant land, I must be among the children. Understand, dear soul, you can't live as you like and go where you please. 
and sin against God with a high hand and expect to land in heaven doesn't work like that. You can't live serving Satan and expect to go to heaven to worship God. You have a choice to make. In this very meeting, God would put you among the children. God would save your soul, forgive your sin, set your feet on the solid rock, give you a title to the mansions in the sky, to the glories of heaven that will never pass away, but you need to be put among the children. You say, it doesn't appeal to me. Maybe not. Maybe you're too happy just the way you are. Maybe you're happy to be a child of the devil. Maybe you're happy to be on the way to hell. You might be happy now. But when it comes to die, dear soul, it would be good to be among the children. In fact, it's the only thing that's worth having. How shall I put thee among the children and give to thee the present land? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. The poet said, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Vile I to the fountain fly, wash me, Saviour, or I die. The solemn lesson that you need to learn, dear soul, that you're a helpless, undone, guilty, foul, vile sinner that can do nothing to help yourself, that can do nothing to bring you one inch nearer to God, but God can put you among the children. And God can land you in heaven. There are people here, dear soul, and they're as sure of heaven as if they were already there. No doubt. You say it's presumption. No, it's not. It's faith. Faith in the word of God. Faith in the Son of God. Faith in the work they accomplished upon the cross of Calvary. For what I really want to tell you is, before you could be among the children, Christ was among the criminals. I read in Isaiah chapter 53, he was numbered with the transgressors. He sang it in Sunday school, three crosses standing side by side, a broken law sign, two for their own transgressions died, the middle one for mine. There on that middle cross I see Jesus, my Lord divine, in wondrous love he died for me. I claim the Savior mine. Dear soul, this is the way. Now, this is the way. And this is the only way whereby God can put you among the children, whereby God can take your feet of the broad way and put them on the narrow way, whereby God can forgive your sins and save your soul and give you a right to be in heaven throughout the countless ages of eternity. It's Calvary. It's the death of Christ. It's one who was numbered with the transgressors. Just imagine. Those two thieves, you read in the Gospels that there were two other, two other of a different kind that went with him to be crucified. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. You remember that those malefactors, they mocked him and they taunted him until one realized his need. 
And he said to his friend, We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds by this man. This man has done nothing amiss. You remember Pilate examined him by questioning him. Then Pilate examined him by scourging him. And then Pilate brought about and said, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. But here so the reality is, it's only a person with no fault that could take your place upon the cross, that could bear your sin in his own body upon the tree, that could accept the wrath of God on account of our sin, for such was the sacrifice he made. The law could ask no more, for not a mite was left unpaid when he our judgment bore, and the billows of God wrath went over his holy soul. I was thinking this morning of David going down to fight the giant, Goliath. The Bible tells me there was no sword in the hand of David. I want to tell you, dear soul, the man that fought the greatest fight, won the greatest victory on earth, he had no sword in his hand. He went there, a lonely man. Poet said at last at dawn, the day of dread, when desolate but undismayed, with wearied frame and thorn-crowned head, he now forsaken and betrayed, went out for me to Calvary, and dying there in grief and shame, I'll praise him, blessed be his name. How did he do it? He gave himself a sacrifice. The Lamb of God for sinners died, a victim on the tree. He gave himself a sacrifice to set the guilty free. Those that are saved in this meeting, we love to sing. I seek no other argument. I want no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died, rose again for me. He was among the criminals, that you might be among the children. Do you get it, dear soul? Calvary was a necessity. He said, I have a baptism to be baptized with. How am I pained until it be accomplished? I have meat to eat that you know not of. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And the poet has penned the words, we may not know, we cannot tell. The pain he had to bear, but we do believe it was for us. He hung, he suffered there upon that cross he bore in all his fullness and in all his fury, the wrath of God on account of your sin, on account of my sin. Therefore, salvation is freely available to you in this gospel meeting. You know, there's a, there's a hymn in this book. I was nearly going to give it out, but afraid of maybe would have to sing solo. Eternal light, eternal light, how pure the soul must be. But search beneath that searching light, the light of God's presence. The poet says, how can I, whose mortal sphere is dark, whose mind is dim, beneath that searching light appear and be in heaven? Then he says, there is a way for man to rise to that sublime boat, an offering and a sacrifice, the Holy Spirit's energies, and advocate with God. Your soul, I said, you remember Job said, oh, that there was a day's man. He said, I need a man 
I can lay his hand upon us both. That's what you need. You need a man that can satisfy God. You need a man that can take your place. And that's exactly what happened at the place was just called Calvary. Maybe some of you here tonight and you do have a father in heaven. God's not your father, but maybe you do have a father in heaven. Be a tragedy if he's in heaven and you're in hell. It'll be a tragedy to remember from the caverns of the lost the prayers of a father that wept over your soul. Not the long for the day that you were saved, but you were too stubborn. You were too rebellious. You said, I'll not budge. I'll stay. Just like the older son in Luke chapter 15, he said to his father, you never gave me a kid that I make marry, marry with my friends. His friends were different than the father's friends. Is that your position, dear soul? I want to remind you that to lose your wealth is much. To lose your health is more. But to lose your soul is such a loss that nothing can restore. There's not a human mind could ever estimate the cost of a prejudiced, privileged soul that has had the opportunity of listening to the gospel to take that to the long side of a fixed gulf for it to torment your soul eternally and to remember that you could have been among the children because he was among the criminals. You could have been saved and you should have been saved. You know, the same prophet in chapter 8, Jeremiah, he says, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? I ask you that, dear soul. Is there no salvation? Is there no saviour? Why then? Why then are you not saved? Salvation's available. The cost has been paid. There is a balm in Gilead. There is a physician there. Jeremiah said in the first verse of the next chapter, he said, Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, for I would weep day and night for the slaying of the daughter of my people. I wonder who will weep over you for the slaying of the daughter of my people oh that you were among the children because he went among the criminals that you would accept Christ tonight as your saviour and know the blessing of sins are given shall we pray our father we commit our need to thee we thank thee for thy word we thank thee that thou canst use it we thank thee for thy son we thank thee that he has been to the cross that he has died, that he was buried, that he has risen, that he has arose, and that he has ascended into thy presence, just now able to save to the uttermost all that will come unto God through him. We pray for thy blessing upon these people, thy blessing upon thy word, and ask thy mercies as we travel. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen.